Daniel chapter 12, verse 4 says, But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. This passage is one of the most interesting and controversial prophecies in the Bible. And it seems to many people that we are seeing it being fulfilled today in stunning, dramatic ways. The first part of Daniel chapter 12, verse 4, can better be understood with the help of another prophecy. Let's work through this. Uh, specifically, from the words and events of Jeremiah chapter 32, which took place at the time under the siege of Jerusalem at the, uh, during the time of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. Jerusalem was surrounded, uh, just as the prophets had warned. Jeremiah himself, he was imprisoned within Jerusalem for prophesying that the Babylonians would conquer the city, uh, take King Zedekiah back to their country, and that since the Lord was not on their side in this fight, Judah should cut its losses by simply giving up. Well, that message from Jeremiah was not what any king wanted to hear. Uh, he didn't want to see his people under siege, and he didn't want to hear about them just giving up. He didn't want to hear about God's judgment and the warning from Jeremiah. But God, he also gave Jeremiah a message of hope. While he was in prison, God told the prophet that his cousin would visit him and offer to sell him a piece of land. And it happened just as the Lord said it would. Jeremiah said, I bought the field of Anathoth, uh, paying Hanamel 17 pieces of silver for it. I signed and sealed the deed of purchase before witnesses, weighed out the silver, and paid him. Then I took the sealed deed and an unsealed copy of the deed, which contained the terms and conditions of the purchase, and I handed them to Baruch, the son of Neriah. That's from Je uh, Jeremiah chapter 32. Uh, check it out. But notice, there are two copies of the deed that Jeremiah had written about. One sealed for safekeeping, and the other left open as a legal reference. This was a common practice at that time. The Lord told Jeremiah to have both copies of the deed placed in a jar because they would need to last a long time. Uh, what did that mean? Well, simply it meant this. It meant that even though Babylon would take over, the Lord would eventually bring his people back into control of the land and the deed would be good. Listen, it was just a verification of the proof and the evidence of the, prophesies of Jer uh, the prophecies of Jeremiah and the Jewish people, the people of Israel. But thinking of the deeds, think of this. A sealed deed and a deed left open for reference is crucial to understanding that passage in Daniel chapter 12. Think through this. Uh, the Bible exposition commentary says, in the ancient world, official transactions were ratified with two documents, one that was sealed and kept in a safe place and one that was kept available. God looked upon Daniel's book as the deed that guaranteed that he would faithfully keep his promises to the people of Israel. That is cool. When you think about that, when you read that passage in Daniel, man, that's cool. So when God told Daniel to seal this prophecy, he meant for Daniel to safely preserve a copy. As far as we know, the entire book of Daniel has been read openly from that time until this, but rarely understood. It's the whole concept of sealed and 
unsealed. That's because Daniel isn't the only one who would seal the book. God sealed it in another way. No one, not even Daniel, fully understood it. In verses 8 and 9, Daniel wrote, Although I heard, I did not understand. And then I said, My Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And, and he said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed until the time of the end. Listen, that also gives us a clue that the closer we get to the time of the end, the more you're going to be able to understand about Bible prophecy. But to the great chagrin of many scholars today, uh, perhaps the most brilliant scientific mind in history, Isaac Newton, spent more time studying and contemplating the prophecies of Daniel than he did studying and contemplating gravity and other natural laws. Folks, that is just amazing. And through a process, a complicated process, he concluded that the age would probably end in, get this, the year 2060, or perhaps as early as 2034. That's Isaac Newton, 2034, it's only 11 years off. Fascinating, isn't it? Well, that was a little over 300 years ago. He studied the words of Daniel, but even with his unparalleled intellect, he did not understand them. It was not until the last 150 years or so that God began opening Bible students' understanding of Daniel. More recently, we've seen unprecedented levels of interest in and comprehension of Bible prophecy in general, and the book of Daniel in particular. We live in special times. To this generation, God is revealing an understanding of words that have baffled Bible students for over 2,000 years. In this generation, it's all making sense. We are a generation that sees what is going on and we get it, if we are willing. I'm Peter. And I'm Noah with Hope For Our Times. And we would like to let you know about some of the things happening at Hope For Our Times. Livestream registration for the Hope For Our Times Rockwall Texas Prophecy Conference are available right now. It's going to be a great time to gather with like-minded people and hear impactful messages from seven world-class speakers. You'll be challenged, encouraged, and well-informed at this two-day conference taking place August 25th and 26th. Register today at HopeForOurTimes.com. Pastor Tom's new book, Marking the Masses, is available now. We would like to hear your feedback. Go to the Contact Us page at HopeForOurTimes.com. If you would like to order a copy, visit MarkingTheMasses.com. Have you downloaded the Hope For Our Times app? Our app is available on Apple devices, Google devices, as well as Roku. The app is free and a great way to stay connected with Tom and the many guests who join him. You can read many timely news articles, watch special app-only videos, and submit questions. Download the app today and invite your friends to download it also. Remember to tell somebody about the hope found in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Most prophecy students have interpreted the phrase, knowledge shall increase, uh, from Daniel chapter 12, as an increased understanding of end times prophecy. I agree that there is and will be an increasing understanding of these things as the end of the age draws near. Uh, and I've taught this for many years. Uh, the closer we get to the tribulation, the more it becomes unsealed or revealed to anyone that is wanting to know the truth. Likewise, also in Daniel chapter 12, the angel tells Daniel that the wicked will not understand when uh, they see the events of the last days, 
but the wise will understand. However, at the same time, I think it's wrong to try to make the understanding of Bible prophecy the exclusive meaning of the increase of knowledge that Daniel refers to. I believe Daniel takes us even further than that. The Bible exposition commentary says this, many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased is not a reference to automobiles and jets, uh, planes, or uh, the advancement of education. It says it's a reference to the study of God's word in the last days, especially the study of Bible prophecy. Likewise, Matthew Henry's commentary published in 1700 says that in the last days, the hidden treasure shall be opened and many shall search into it. They shall run to and fro to inquire out copies of it. They shall read it over and over, shall meditate upon it and run it over in their minds. Again, I want to state this. I've taught that uh, for many years, but it seems there's more to this. Think on this. The Hebrew word used for run to and fro is shoot. Uh, it, it has to do with pushing forth, with roaming about. We find shoot 12 other places in the Old Testament, most always connected with travel, uh, travel in the sense that we think of travel. And by the way, this Hebrew word also carries the meaning that people run around not knowing where to settle. Uh, this behavior is uncharacteristic of anyone who trusts in God. Doesn't that describe where we are right now? Uh, people running around, not knowing where to settle. A strange characteristic. Nevertheless, here's a fact. We live in the age of travel. We also live in a time of ever-increasing numbers of refugees around the world. This too is an example of people running to and fro. A coming end time events will create more refugees than ever. Uh, there will be almost unfathomable waves of mass movements of people to and fro on the earth. This absolutely fits the rest of scripture. Continuing from there, uh, let's get back to technology because I look at what Daniel said about knowledge increasing. So as we go back and think about technology and what Daniel said, Think about the two witnesses in Revelation chapter 11. They're lying dead on a, a Jerusalem street after God finally allows Antichrist to kill them. The Bible says, then those from the people's tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies three and a half days and not allow their dead bodies to be put into the graves. And then check this out. Those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry, and send gifts to one another. Now, also, we know that those of the tribes and nations will see their dead bodies rise. So how could this happen without an increase in technology? And an increase in technology requires an increase in knowledge. At the time of this prophecy, it took months for news to travel around the world. Uh, yet word of the witnesses' deaths reaches those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations almost globally at the same time or perhaps globally at the same time. The most obvious interpretation is that some form of technology will allow the entire world to watch something that global television, the internet, or both, and of course, we have cell phones given freely to people in uh, the most remote places in Africa, which begs the question, why? Why do people in the uh, most remote places in Africa, why have they been given cell phones? Interesting, isn't it? Nevertheless, 
the whole world will be able to witness the events of Revelation chapter 11. And also think on this. It wasn't that long ago, 150 years ago or so, when you had to get news from, let's say, the United States over to Europe. It's going to go on boat. It's going to take forever. Things have changed. They've changed a lot. And look at the false prophet in Revelation chapter 13. In verse 15 it says, He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should speak. That could be interpreted as supernatural, but it seems also, especially as we look at everything going on today, it gets quite possibly a reference to technology. If you think of AI, we think of cyborgs and all these other things going on. Interesting. Even more convincing is this. Verses 16 and 17 say, He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. No one will be able to conduct a financial transaction anywhere in the world without the mark. That shows a stunning level of technology and knowledge. And as I look at the prophecy of Daniel chapter 12 and knowledge increasing, plus people traveling to and fro, regardless of my primary thinking on the meaning of Daniel chapter 12, referring to an increased knowledge of Bible prophecy and people traveling to and fro through the scripture, still the fact remains, knowledge must increase and so must travel. According to the International Energy Agency, the number of people taking international flights went from 200 million in 1980 to almost 20 billion in 2019. That's almost an increase, or is an increase, of 10,000%. But it isn't just international travel uh, that is significant here. All travel through the air is done at speeds that would not have occurred to Daniel 2,000 years ago, or, or 2,600 years ago. John some two, almost 2,000 years ago. But perhaps more than any single thing, it's the increase in knowledge that makes our time so unique. One of the most influential men of the last century was Buckminster Fuller, a futurist, architect systems, a theorist, and inventor. He coined terms like spaceship earth and a geodesic dome. For his 1982 book, Critical Path, he devised a method for calculating the rate at which the sum, uh, the sum total of human knowledge doubled at various points in the past. It was an audacious thing to try, but his results are usually accepted as the best guesses anyone has yet made. Fuller estimated that it took from the time of Christ's birth until the year 1500 for knowledge to double, just once. And then... It doubled again by 1750, so 250 years later. And then by 1900, it doubled again, 150 years. By 1900, he estimated that the total sum of human knowledge was on pace to double every century, but knowledge velocity did not remain the same. By 1945, it was doubling every 25 years. By 1982, it was doubling every 13 months. Fuller died in 1983. Estimates as to how fast knowledge is currently doubling vary a good deal, with most coming in and around every 12 hours. That is amazing. Knowledge doubling every 12 hours. Hence, 
knowledge on technology that we hear today is far advanced by the time we come around 24 hours later. Amazing. But regardless of a person's interpretation of Daniel chapter 12, uh, for the last day's system of the beast to be fulfilled, knowledge must increase, just as it is. Folks, we are currently living inside one of the most dramatic of all fulfillments of Bible prophecy. Have you ever thought of that? We are living through it right now. And sadly, increasing knowledge does not mean an increase in wisdom or understanding of truth. 2 Timothy chapter 3 specifically labels itself as being a passage about the last days. And verse 7 speaks of a time when people are always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's the world we live in, a truth desert awash in oceans of information. Hence, we have the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. All that is happening right now is proof that the message of Jesus is true. He came the first time, and he's coming again. Listen, if you don't know Christ, I implore you, I encourage you, ask him to search your heart. Uh, listen, the Bible is very clear that Jesus came because no person is good enough on their own to be able to get into heaven. Jesus came. He died for the sins of anyone who would believe in him. For all who believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Uh, by rejecting Christ, a person is saying, no thanks, I don't need Jesus. I will let God judge me by my own merit. And God will honor that and the judgment will be eternal, folks. Um, it'll be eternal separation from God in a place the Bible describes as hell. You can have all the knowledge of the world, but if you don't know Christ, you'll die in your sins. I encourage you, I implore you, to ask Christ to forgive you of your sins, to come to him. Uh, surrender your life over to him. Listen, until next time, God bless. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.